Tales from the Chip, episode 10, with Ross Caulfield. Ross doesn't need much of an introduction. He has filled almost every role around the club since he arrived at Red Hill and has been a huge part in the club, turning itself around and becoming the powerhouse we know it as today. Andy. Good to see you. Do you too. Looking, return my calls. Looking well, Andy. Where are we starting, Tone? What's your earliest memories? Where were you born? Where did you grow up? I did a bit of travel when we were early... Early days, Andy, dad's work and sort of born in Sydney and then Melbourne and then my earliest memories of cricket were in Brisbane in the backyard, summers, hot summers, swimming pool, cricket back, cricket ball, bonza, Andy. But um, one of the earliest memories was going to the uh, going to the Gabba and um, I think it's called the... Um, the old Gabba. The old Gabba with the Greyhound track around it, Andy. Yeah. Um, and I remember my brother and I sitting on the Greyhound track watching the cricket right up against the fence and you could literally touch the players. And the atmosphere was electric, mid-80s. And I remember the particular afternoon when obviously the Queenslanders have had a few tins and started the chant that Hadley was a wanker. So four X's. Yeah. So my brother and I with my brother would have been pretty young, but a bit of encouragement from myself. We joined in on the chant and uh Dad wanders down and taps us on the shoulder and says, uh, we don't do that. That's so pretty much. So that were the earliest memories which were fantastic back in watching you know, I can remember Hadley at the top of the mark. And charging in, I, I reckon he dominated that test. It was 85, 86, I'm pretty sure. And absolutely dominated us. Um, and oh, he was a little bit of a hero to a degree. Because I did like like bowling and batting a little bit, but more the bowling. So, yeah, Richard Hadley, was um, he was pretty good. Yeah, he was class. He was before my time, but yeah, pretty special. Maybe yeah. Could, uh, he could never figure out why they would he'd come to Australia and they'd call him a banker in the crowd. <laughs> go, why are they calling me a banker? Yeah. <laughs> One day someone said, no, they're calling you a wanker, mate. I think the back page did a did something on it in the last five or six years, the program on Foxtel, um, recalling the, the time that the crowd took to him about calling him a wanker. <laughs> and um, I think he was a pretty good sport about it. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, I think he was pretty good about it in the end. He had the runs on the board. He, he couldn't uh, couldn't argue with his records, could you? No. But he's not. No. No, but that were the earliest memories. Yeah, um, back at the Gabba. And I loved um, I loved Kim Hughes. I don't know why. Maybe he was because he was a little bit of a character and, you know, outspoken. But I... I talked to Kim Hughes, and probably because he was the captain of the Australian side as well. So, yeah, oh, yeah. Back in the old days, the captain was probably lost a bit of its sheen now, I guess. But the captain of the Test side was—he was the king, prime minister. Yeah, 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 minister. yeah. That's... Yeah, these days it's yeah. I don't know. Tim Payne might have brought that back a little bit, to be honest. Yeah, it's probably just in general. Mm. There's other things on. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But you're right when you know. Yeah, if A B spoke, you listened. 
Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, so be. that was Brisbane. Yep. And then uh, you ended up back down here at some yep. point, obviously. Yep. Oh, grade five or six. Came back up in the Bayside, round, um, round Bo Morris Mentone. Played all my junior cricket at Bo Morris. Um, won plenty of, because we had a pretty good side. Um, yeah, and then went to went to Mentone Grammar and went through the sort of cricket system there, private school cricket system, which was um, which was a great experience playing on awesome wickets, awesome grounds. Um, you know, having lunch at the innings break with your blazer on and pretending to be proper. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, that was good fun. Good cricket, playing against some, some good cricketers. So that was a good experience. Yeah, so that were the... Any names, anyone you played against or with? Um, no one who really went out and dominated in the cricket circles. Um, played against Shane Crawford and his brother and Ben Dixon out at Assumption. But they didn't do anything cricket-wise. But I think they they could kick a footy. I think so. They're pretty good. Cool. Um, too bad. Yeah, but that that that's an experience going out there to Assumption and playing against all the boarders. Yeah. Um, they were good fun. Um, oh, there were a couple of couple of folks went on and played a bit of footy in that, but nothing serious with the cricket. Yeah, some I never. Never experienced in the uh, public system. Never, no, uh, oh, I we loved, loved school cricket, but I uh, never never got the uh, yeah, but, the full days of it. And that you'd have the knockout game if you lost the first one. That was it for the year. Yeah, but yeah. I, I loved playing with you know all my mates that played at other clubs and that, and then then we got to play school cricket. So yeah, I, I would have loved private school cricket. I think it would have been right up your alley, Andy. Yeah, yeah. the. Um, yeah, and then and then over the summer, the school holidays, you went on a bit of a tour. So we jumped on the boat and went down to Tassie for a week and played four or five games against the other private schools down there, which is, you know, that's that's a great experience in itself. Um, and then we went over to Geelong and stayed at Geelong Grammar in the boarding house and. There was a couple of teams come across from all over, and but there was a team from South Africa, and they had a, they had um, one of the, one of their indigenous folk, I guess you call them, Andy, who happened to be um, I always forget, I always stuff his name up, but um, Mattia Natini happened to be him, so we played against him over there, and um, yeah, he. Yeah, he scared a few of our boys, as you could imagine. He was lightning quick and intimidating. Um, yeah, he was yeah. charging. Speaking the... Would have been erratic back then. I well, think. and abusing our blokes in his native tongue um, was quite humorous <laughs> because our coach was that? South African and he pretty much understood everything he was saying about their mums. Yeah. So... Didn't translate for the boys. You don't want to just know. after, just, just maybe a couple of days <laughs> a after he just said that, on. yeah, that um, Tony 
I said a few things about your sister and <laughs> questioning your parentage. <laughs> but uh, that was uh, that was an experience. I mean, you don't know who he was at the time, but you knew he was quick. Um, but um, and then when he turned out to take three hundred Test wickets, yeah, hang on, I remember you. Mm, yeah, and and doing wonderful things for South African cricket now in the mainly in the. He was one of the, Mainly in the broadcast box these days, I think. But, yeah, yeah. But but he was, um, he's very interesting to listen to. Got picked early on because of the quota. That yeah. That's how he got in and then he became... A oh, but, but he, a genuine... He got picked anyway, eventually. But yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, completely... Yeah, but he's completely opened it up for way. others, though, too. Like, watching that cricket last night, Rabada steaming in and... Yeah. And, you know, he's a quality cricketer in his yeah. own right. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and the little captain, little... Bavumba. Bavumba. Um, the half man. Yeah, but he, but he, he just the, oh, I took a lot out of it, how he sort of, how he spoke and and conducted himself, really. It was, you know. Yeah, they were bloody good to South Africans back then. But <clears throat> they're a bit the same. They sort of lost a bit of their, lost their way a bit now, but they played hard back in the 90s and that. Yes, they, they definitely did. Yeah. yeah. They were bloody competitive, quality yeah. cricketers. Yeah. But um, you could sort of see how you know how good they were when a lot of their their sort of offcuts would end up playing for Zimbabwe and playing Test cricket. Like well, that's right. Yeah, sort of their second eleven, and they were still bloody Zimbabwe in the nineties. Don't get they don't get enough credit for how good they were. Like no, the Flower Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Heath Streak. They were serious cricketers. Absolutely. And they yeah. seriously seriously uh, drink work, has it? Well, I'm sure <laughs> they could. Yeah, shame. yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, they were the they were the the memories of growing up playing cricket. Um, yeah, yeah strong good. memories, good memories. Yeah, very good. And then senior cricket <clears throat> ended up. Oh, I, I don't know if you call it a mistake, but I ended up playing with the the old boys of the school, so old Bentonians, sort of. I don't know, pressured into it a little bit maybe, but um, played good cricket. They were playing better cricket than Bo Morris at the time, so on a better on better wickets, so maybe that was the reason. And I, I had good opportunity, and I did pretty well, but um, I'm not just about, you know, the cricket side of it. I like, I like the social side too, and it was pretty much lacking out there um, at Old Mentonian. So I eventually ended up back at Bo Morris with all my mates. Um, and, you know, it's only around the corner from home. So uh, that's where it's the early days of senior cricket. Can't you the way home? Uh, yeah, some Thursday nights. The I didn't even make it home, Andy. Um <laughs> Used to get picked up for work outside the cricket, the cricket clubhouse, basically. Just sent a message about five o'clock. I want, don't bother picking me up at home tonight. I'll be, well, this morning I'll be at the cricket club. So, yeah, very, very rare occasion, but it did happen. Yeah, but um, had a fair bit of success when we went back to Bowie. Won, won a few premierships. So, and they were good times. Premierships with your, um. With your junior junior teammates, um, 
I reckon the, fir- the one of the first flags in the ones, uh, there was like five of us who came through the junior system, maybe even six. And you look back on that and go, that's what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, having a good balance of um, people have come into the club, but also, uh, you know, good recognition of your junior program, having five or six of the of a premiership flag, premiership team, part of your junior program is pretty good, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, it's that that balance is what you got to sort of nail, isn't it? Because you never get, you know, you'll never get a whole eleven of your juniors because you just no, you don't have the numbers, so you got to sort of supplement it. And I think that's probably what Red Hill got right eventually. You know, yeah, yeah, that, definitely that did. First premiership, there was probably what five of us that were juniors plus. Yep, five, and then, and then a couple who came in there sort of late teens. So, you know, like Nobby come around nineteen, twenty, and he was in it as well. So, Jamie as well. And then, yep. Yeah, and then a few of your your recruits, I guess that you know. But you recruit, but you recruit who who um who buy in though, Andy. Yeah. There's a difference. You know, the blokes who um who want to be there and want to be there for for the six club on and off. That's that's the difference. Yeah, well, I think it was with Nobby. When I was talking to Nobby, we were saying how we don't, we haven't really had any, you know, recruits that have just stayed for the one year or the two years and and gone again. If, if people come, they, they're there because they want to they be there and they want to be there long term. I think that's probably the key. You know, yeah. If you're, if you're getting guys that, you know, just rotate a different club every two years, you're... Sort of you're going the wrong way, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's where the good foundation's laid, you know, and the attraction culture tracks these blokes in and then, you know, they stay for a period of time, which yeah, is... Well, um. look at Darty, you know, it'd be 10 years, rough. Well, you know, if he was around at the moment, he'd be up to 10 years or very close to it. Merrifield, the same. Yeah. You know, all these guys that have come along... I imagine Slacky will be around for a while, and yeah, Robbo and Glenn, obviously, that sort of started, yeah, started it all, yep. Um, yeah, even going, even going back just before your time, Scott Marone was around a long time. You know, he was a quality cricketer, yep. He brought a couple of guys with him that were around a long time, so it's sort of been one of the good things about Red Hill over the years. We sort of got a pretty good player retention rate, I'd say, compared to most clubs. Yeah, that's good. And that's what you want. Bit of a key. All right, so that's a bit of Bowie and uh, a bit of the earlier days. And then how'd you end up at Red Hill? Uh, I moved down. Uh, I moved down to the peninsula in 08. And I kept playing. I played a season uh, with Bowie in 08 9. Um, but they, their league was split six south of the bridge, six north. So, you know, you're travelling over to Hopper's Crossing or Duda Stars, which is in Essendon or, you know, Spotty. whereas, yep, Spotswood, wherever you're going, Yarraville, and you're getting home, you know, after the game. I don't mind a, a beer after a game, especially, I actually enjoy it, enjoy a beer at all. You know the away clubhouse. 
Anyway, some nights I wasn't getting home to 10.30, 11 o'clock from away games and in the end it was too much. So chose um, chose to play down here and oh, made a couple of phone calls and someone directed me to, to Dave McLean, basically, who was coaching Red Hill at the time. And uh, yeah, basically the rest is history. Got onto him, came down to the club, and um, he was there for the first year that I was involved. Um, yeah, got got to Red Hill. Very good. Yeah, Dave was uh, a very good coach. He was um, sort of my first year, I guess, in the first full year in the in the firsts. He was the the that was his first year back at Red Hill. He had a couple stints at Red Hill. Um, non-playing coach then obviously but I absolutely loved Dave that was from a purely individual sense you know obviously flags and that are highlights but purely individual enjoying my cricket and enjoying the game itself and the competition and that that was the most enjoyable year of cricket I've ever had to be perfectly honest it was the first year with when Dave was around he was there every night every game of his hard he was hard on us. He taught us a hell of a lot. He had a group of probably six of us that were all the same age. Um, you know, Mardo, Riley Shaw, Ollie McKillop, uh, Luke Doyle. We were all sort of you know within a year, year or so of age. And I absolutely loved it. He had us doing fielding drills and getting us fit and getting us on the bowling machine, trying to hit us in the head. And oh, I've learnt so much. It was... It was um, it probably didn't work out in terms of team success, but I think what he taught that group and what we learned from him um, has certainly been a big part in you know, the, the, the direction of the club from that point. So yeah, I absolutely love Dave and yeah, to, he, he laid he laid the he laid the grassroots and the foundation um, in that year or two that he was there. He was he was hard but fair and and sort of the philosophy of what you put in is what you get out type thing and um i really enjoy dave enjoy his company and he um yeah i i in some sense i wish i had someone like dave when i was 15 16 to kick me in the ass basically and and you know get me going um because i reckon i probably could have got a little bit more out of myself back especially back then but he was he was great for those kids, you know. Yeah, yeah, six or seven. There probably could have even been more. Eight or nine when you whack in Bushy and Reed and Lincoln, and yeah, they're a little that, bit younger. Yeah, but that couple years younger, yeah, yeah, but you know, Jaden as well, Painey, you know, extremely important for them, as well as as well as obviously what PK did with the with the junior, whatever you called it back then. The quick the Milo was it called the Milo yeah, back then? Yeah, Milo originally. I think so yeah, you know you you can't forget those sort of blokes because you know, all right, you know you come along and get Simon Dart and whatever else, but yeah, you can never forget what happened in the junior setup. No, you strip especially, it all. You strip it all right back, and you know, PK and David McLean are probably in the. You know the top five most important people in the in the, you know the modern history of Red Hill. Really, mm. like PK yep. doing that Milo program for twenty years, 
the first year he did it, he had he had um, Mick McLean and Glenn Truman as six year olds. Yeah, yeah. And they both yeah. lived around the corner from Main Ridge, but Main Ridge didn't have Milo. Yeah. So we get two district cricketers. Yeah. Like, you know, and, yeah. Then, and then what Dave did with the, you know, the, the older juniors, I guess, not the, he wasn't yeah. the little kids, but yeah, yeah incredibly yeah. important. Yeah, it was extremely. Red Hill. Um, yeah, in, uh, I think my first season was 2009-10, and we're in district, and... I've been sort of there, thereabouts. Twelve teams in the in the league, and you finish sort of seventh to ninth every sort of year. Not not quite knocking on the finals door, but beating relegation fairly comfortably. So, yeah, um, yeah, it was a yeah interesting interesting year because you know we. Um, we taught a few cricketing lessons that year. I remember, yeah. I remember Rye, Rye scored five hundred against us at Red Hill one day when after yeah. we'd scored two hundred and ninety, and thought, oh, oh we're we're, we're a fair we're a fair go here, and they were uh, they were numb for three hundred and sixty for <laughs> after sort of the game was done just after fifty overs, yeah, <laughs> and I think they still had ten wicket ten overs left when they sort of. Game was done. Game very well. Mm. The only reason we got off the ground is because we took a wicket and they didn't have anyone padded up. That was the only reason the game ended. I think if yeah. it wasn't would have been before five o'clock. I was guessing. No. Um, but I actually um, dropped a catch early on that game off your bowling. I remember that quite well. Yeah, I can't remember that, Andy. But I haven't forgotten. I um, I did miss string that game and was off pretty early in the game, so I was. Uh, I watched from the sideline. Yeah, the best spot. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, the best spot. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was actually the second time Rye did that to us. The year before, we played him at um, Portsea, that little Portsea ground, because it was uh, Rye Gift Week. Um, and same sort of thing, not not to that level, but we made a reasonably competitive score on the first week. Um, and then the same two openers just... I don't think they beat us none down, but it might have been one down. Yeah. Um, and I think Gail got 190-something the first year. And then the next year he got... He doubled up. He 230-odd, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, he was a bit of a, a bit of a nemesis for us. Um, pretty happy when he stopped coming out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, it was an interesting year. It was sort of the... Uh, year things started to to change a little bit I guess um like you said we'd been treading water for a number of years there um, and it was sort of the the tipping point I guess um we had a, we had a pretty good yeah we had a reasonable side that year we had Riley made a lot of runs and and uh Trevor made a lot of runs and Felix made a lot of runs and then the next year we didn't have those three no it's <laughs> it um like, yeah. yeah, it hurts. Yeah, probably made you know over a thousand runs between them, and we lost a thousand runs in a in one go. Yeah, so the next year was a struggle. Yeah, and yeah. you uh, found yourself so, sort of in charge. Yeah, maybe a so little bit, I maybe um a little bit earlier than you would have. Yeah, liked. yeah, a little bit. Um, sort of had no no plans on sort of captain coaching a, 
a club at all, but uh, for whatever circumstance, don't know the details, but uh, Dave left and we were sort of left a little bit without any, um, without a coach, without lacking a bit of direction. So I put my hand up and um, like you said, Riley decided to go and have a go at Frankston, which was fantastic for him. Um, Felix went for work, left for work. Trevor decided not to play because he sort of came along with Dave. Um, so we, there was a fair hole left. Um, and in hindsight, it was probably um, one of the better things could go on at the club for in the last sort of 10 to 12 years in, in a sense that it was a changing of the guard. Um, uh, plenty, you know, the, the young fellas had definitely had plenty of opportunity, but um, in in that year and the years to follow, there was time to stand up. Um, yes, we, we got relegated that year, but um, they, got, they got plenty of exposure. And um, I, I think... I, it, I think it was a really important year, in a sense. Um, I mean, the, the the year after we Glenn came to the club as the captain coach, um, and that really was the only person who came into the club. I'm pretty sure for the next season, but yeah, you know, yeah, and and, and yeah, we we were down the down into subbies by then, but um, we made the grand final. And we got outplayed in that grand final, but it was it was like instead instead of the instead of the it was it was instead of every you know you you win win one game lose two or three but you you lose badly and yeah and you're deflated playing when we're playing in the district and then you win another game and get a bit of confidence up but going down into the subbies. Like winning, the winning culture just got brought to the club because you just you you won you you won every game, um, pretty much. We probably lost two games for the year, maybe three, but two of them were against Pines, who were who were clearly a better side than us. I thought. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it was probably but, one but it was changing that soon. mentality of, you know, not losing culture, but being but being happy to be you know, sort of win one game and lose three. But and and we yeah, we it's, it's we got a different feeling and a different vibe. You know, it you is. wake up on Saturday and you you go to a game Oh we're in this game. We're we're going to win rather yeah. than going but, but oh, more, I hope we don't you know, I hope they don't send us in because we'll bloody you know, we'll be fielding you know we'll But more importantly, in. you are on a Sunday and you're like you've had a couple of throffies you got a little bit of a headache and you go, we won again. We won again, yeah. And, and you know. I remember that round one, I think it was against Tyab, first game in sub district, and we won pretty comfortably. And it was like we won a, it was like we won a flag. Like yeah. Like, yeah. it's this? We had yeah. A... But, but I remember that year going to, um, to two, down to Tukgarook. And... We were we were six for twenty five, um, and we won the game by sixty seventy runs. At the end of the day, 
but having the confidence at six for 25 to still believe that we could still win the game of cricket was something else. There's a few games like that where we, yeah. we were in big trouble and we pulled ourselves out somehow. There was a, yeah. I mean, there was a one day, I might have been well, Seaford Tigers, we were yeah, five for 20 or something. Yeah, but that... Ended up winning the game. But that's about believing and, and having a taste of success and knowing what it feels like. So when you're being put in these situations, instead of rolling over, you dig in a little bit more and a little bit more and you get rewarded. Yeah, and just that that's drop of the drop of the slight drop of standard in the cricket as you're playing against, it sort of you know, shows you what shows you what can happen when you dig into a game and you don't just you know, you don't roll over when you're in a tough spot, you know, you sort of you get the momentum back and you know, and then the other the other side drops off again and you sort of whereas that probably didn't happen in district a lot. We'd just, you know, we'd have, they'd have, our, have their foot on our throat a lot. Yeah. We could never fight our way back. So it was sort of just, you always, you had some games where you could get back into it. It was sort of like, ah, oh, you know, a lot of those things Macca used to tell us, we can sort of, we can see it now. Yeah. And it's that whole mindset when, all right, we're actually in games here. And even if we're not yeah. in a great spot, but, we're still in it. But like the introduction of, you know, Glenn, competitive beast, like, you know, wanting to win at, at, at all costs. Um, yeah, sometimes, you know, goes a little bit too far, but you've got to absolutely love his passion for it, which I'm a little bit, I'm in the same mould and um, I, I love it. I love, you know, getting in the contest and, you know, there's something about it especially when you come out on top it's even better um and i don't know it was sort of a the the year after that darty's come to the club and sort of everyone knows what's happened from there but you know merrifield came with him and and in these podcasts you've been doing probably not enough said about matt coming to the club and um he was he was a great influence as well, especially at the top of the order, going out facing the new ball, and giving it back to him. And that's and and yeah. I've known Matt for a very very long time because we grew up in the same area, and that's what he was like. He that's what he was bullied. like at three three <laughs> o'clock in the morning, um, standing outside a house party, and him putting his finger in my chest. Um, <laughs> it was and that's what he's like on a. On a, you know, in good fun, and um, that's what he's like on the cricket field, and not, not enough said bullied, about that. No, it was. We bet, sort of didn't know was... what we had a little bit. We sort of didn't didn't really bat him at the top. We were sort of yeah, but middle order a bit, and then once we sort of realised, no, nah, send him out. It, him but out but he put tone. he set the tone exactly what it was, and and uh, you know there should be a lot of credit to that. Um, yeah, which he made a lot of runs as well. Like you yeah, his, you know the one hundred percent. How many you know, eight or nine seasons yep. he's been? He, he's absolutely a few thousand runs in there. Like yeah, up there with yeah. You know, I think we. I think after five years, we looked at it, and he was like, he was pretty much level with Scott Marone. Yeah, yeah. You know who was captain, coach, reasonably high priced sort of thing. Yeah, one of the yeah sort of legends of the MPCA, and you know Matty's record stack stacks up as well as anyone's so. yeah and and yeah which it, he was um he was fantastic for the probably eight nine ten years that he playing at the in the first 
and um, you know, I love it to. You know, I won a I won a first eleven flag when I was pretty young, which was fantastic. Um, like some of you you blokes have as well, but Matt didn't win one until that mm, game yeah, at that right. that grand final against Delican Park, and and that was fantastic for him to be rewarded. Yeah. Same with Glenn. Glenn's first and, first and, eleven um, flag off as well. Through, and and and, and yeah, that that's, that's so um, folks get rewarded like that. So yeah, that was the sort of earlier days at Red Hill, Andy, which you know, which were good times. I I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, what about um, off-field memories? Cricketing off-field memories. What do you? Well. Best time. Off field, necessarily Red Hill related, but um, well, I sort of played cricket. I played cricket in a couple. Of, well, I played cricket in Darwin for three or four years when I lived up there in the early two thousands, and the memories of um, memories of playing up there where I'll never ever lose like that. That were some of the best times. Different cricket in a sense of playing here in Melbourne um, just basically batting wickets if you don't break through early you 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 the opposition the the team batting first are, are making you know high 300s into the 400s on a regular basis and but it, you know second week of games though teams teams mowed them down so you had to break through early, um, and and that was just different cricket. That was just like you had to hang in there, hang in there, and hang in there, and you had to take your catches, the opportunities. You had to take them, otherwise you're chasing leather, and hot stinking days. But um, they were good memories. Got the opportunity to play with um, Test cricketer and Lou Vincent. Who played for New Zealand? Yeah, yeah, remember him. Um, and he say. he had a lot to say, Lou. But he, um, you know, probably be remembered for a bit of controversy which followed him in the later years. Later years, but early on, he he debuted against Australia. He made a hundred on debut. Um, so he made he made several Test hundreds, and he and to have opportunity and. You know, the great experience to play with him up there was awesome. Um, he was preparing for a test series over in India. That's why he ended up in Darwin, to get used to the conditions. So he spent three months with us. And a couple of other Kiwi cricketers at the time were up there as well, which which is which is great. And and since then and before then, like national cricketers actually go up there in the off-season and play, especially this year and last year with... Not being able to go overseas, mm. um, a lot of blokes have ended up there uh, playing cricket, and it's and great times, great experience, great city. I know you love it, Andy. Um, yeah, so I couldn't re- recommend that highly enough to go and have a season up there f- for younger blokes who yeah. who want to have a go. Um, so they were <clears throat> good memories on and off the field up there. Um, yeah, I sort of away from playing a little bit. I I had the opportunity to uh, 
to experience the 2007 World Cup over in the West Indies. Tell um, Caribbean story. <clears throat> I happened to, I happened to work over there for six to eight weeks in, in the merchandise department, Andy, selling apparel. Um, right up your alley. Which yeah, which you know, uh, went. I didn't do a lot on game day, but before the game there was a bit of work going on. But game day was a lot of watching cricket and Drinking trying wine. to mix, trying try, trying to mix with you know a couple of the Aussie cricketers or international cricketers, and um, oh, and the, and the locals. But that uh, that six to eight weeks was that was something special so you know walking i remember sitting in the this brand new sir viv richards stand or stadium that they built in um antigua and uh i actually remember driving out there on game day and uh the local workers still laying the bitumen for the driveway to to drive in and herding goats off the car park that's it was a funny nightmare that the memories of that and then <laughs> and then as the tournament's gone on they've got a swimming pool in in the actual ground and having a couple of dips in there <laughs> after um after a couple of days of, of cricket Jesus. that was get tested well <laughs> yeah i was I didn't see a lot of cleaning going on in that pool, which sort of frightened me a bit. But, um, but just mixing in the grandstands, I remember having a fifteen-minute conversation with the great Richie Richardson, and and like that, and getting a couple of photos with him. He he was just all time, absolutely all time. He had a big sun hat, <laughs> always the glasses on, covering up the glazed eyes of a West Indian. <laughs> you know, they're smoking something, which is. <laughs> Did they have smoking we, sections in the stadium? No, you could do whatever you want, whenever you wanted over there, Andy. The yeah, I'm sure a lot of activity going on in that pool as well. But, um, but yeah, he that just memories like that and having a photo with Viv Richards outside his stadium. He's total cool cat, that bloke. Um, just, you know, watching, watching Kirtley Ambrose playing a band with Richie Richardson at one of the local watering holes or or bars that was that was pretty cool and and rubbing shoulders like I remember <clears throat> running into Joel Garner at in Barbados yeah and uh you know didn't annoy Joel too much but just like going have a look at this bloke he was he was a weapon absolute weapon yeah but those memories were they're, they're unreal yeah, and I'd love to go back there again, but oh, cricket's sort of not what it was. Nah, it's lost its. It's way lost its. It's lost a little bit of a, its appeal over there in in the Caribbean and the Caribbean, that which is that, unfortunate. But probably that '95 when they finally lost to Australia, sort of a little bit. Them but off I the perch a little bit, and then just their administrations. I think it was all the, the ball completely the politics of it all, yeah. and. But also the American influence. So, yeah, they play a lot of um, they play a lot of basketball over there, yeah, um, and 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 a bit and a fair bit of soccer to be honest as well. I was noticing a lot of that while I was over there. 
It was more the people who were interested in it, in the cricket were the old school people who were sort of 40 plus. Um, and that was 14 years ago. You don't get... Um... The, 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 young, the younger generation, yeah, they weren't as interested. Yeah, that's for sure. Right there, you know, they're basically in America, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And and to be honest, like they're surrounded, like they're surrounded by the ocean, and um, yeah, and, and people people tend to forget that it's actually pretty third world. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So there's a fair bit of struggle. Yeah, but that was certainly an experience and an eye opener to. Fat Cat Richie running out to nah. shake Steve Waugh's hand when he made 200 like he used to. Nah, that... I reckon that's one of the funniest things I've ever heard in cricket. Yeah. Yeah, I actually... I've heard Greg Ritchie what are you doing deliver here? that at a sportsman's lunch. And um, I've done a couple of sportsman's lunch, but I've never heard a bloke swear as much as Fat Cat. He... Apparently he's a... Yeah, he's an all-time uh, he is. sportsman. He is sportsman's night host. Yeah, well, he and um, Wayne Phillips, who's the, the Victorian the, one. Well, he no, no, the South Australian. Yeah. He he kept for Australia. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was an absolute ripper as well. They were actually in cahoots. They, I think they they were doing at the time they were doing a bit of a tour together. Him and Fat Cat making a living off it. Yeah, yeah. So they were talking on this again. I think it might have been yesterday. They were doing your um your top three sportsmen's night. Fat Cat hosts, got a run. If you could pick one, he got a couple of runs. But uh, Kerry was number one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and Kim Hughes was right up there. Yeah, okay. Apparently he's a ripper. Yeah. And I reckon, uh, and I think the third one was Tomo. Yeah, okay. I think yeah. Tomo would probably give Fat Cat a run. The swearing. Oh, I would have thought so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so they were sort of away from actually playing a little bit, like in terms of the Caribbean. Yeah, they were great, great um, off-field memories. But I did have a couple of years as well over in England playing cricket, Andy, which was a great experience as well. I wasn't over there to play cricket. I was there to experience the English and London lifestyle, but and travel a fair bit, which we did, but um, I happened to wander into a, a local cr- cricket club and um, and uh, played in pretty much every every side in that club from the fifth sort of into the, into the first. First team, as they say. Well, yeah, the first team. I didn't really... only played in the first team in practice, practice games because they had overseas players and they were better than me. But um, I was more there for the experience of playing on their, in their conditions, in uh, on their ovals. Duke ball. Duke, Duke ball. ball, yeah. Um, yeah, in in the drizzle and the cold and yeah, and whatever else. Local and, rules. And the tree inside the boundary tree. line. And, and that's a four if you hit that. Yeah, pretty much. And, and your, your, your batting draws and your bowling draws. Uh, yeah, and yeah. And stupid rules there. Yeah, we, which, to be honest, frustrated the hell out of me. Um, like I said earlier, I'm fairly competitive, so it's either a win or a loss for me. These The, the draw stuff, I just didn't, I couldn't handle. Yeah, and there was the odd occasion that, I'd sort of um, 
I'd go up to the captain when the games are petering out with 20 overs to go. The opposition are just batting for a draw, and I'd just go, well, let's let's go all out attack, you know, and let's let's see if we can win this game. See what happens. Yeah, and and there were there were occasions that we did so from just being super attackive and maybe borderline abusive from from myself on occasions but um just just yeah and a few of their younger blokes over there had never seen anything like it and it opened their eyes up to it a little bit but (laughs) but it was um just aggressive cricket which you know and and then England adopted that in a sense and and that's how they they played against Australia and that's basically how they became competitive against yeah, us is is, is giving it back to us Michael and born and that got in yeah some, they had some obviously some quality cricketers that they didn't have for a while but it was their mindset wasn't it yeah no, it we're was going to take it up to them yeah just gonna, yeah we're not just going to make up the numbers no but um yeah they were they were good times and then it'll take you around the world if you want cricket you know yeah and do you know what I've and when you you know it's the best place to get get yourself connected in the well it's in the sort community. of community I've I've lived a bit and travelled a bit and cricket is taking me everywhere and I've played since I was six and I've had one year off and I'm I'm 40 nearly 44 so it's it's been a massive part of my life and and it's still as as you want can't you there'll be a yep. grade a grade yep. that'll take you somewhere and and you know my mates that I've sort of played cricket with and grown up with and that they've all long gone from cricket and it was even who was it, it was someone someone the other day goes oh you're playing again and I'm like of course I'm playing again absolutely why not yep yep play as long as I can um and be involved in in a club as long as I can, in some capacity. So, yeah. So, yeah. There's some off-field stuff. Very good. I mean, there's a couple of cricket trips in there if you. And we might, uh, whatever what else, Andy. On, what happens on trip stays on trip. Yeah, a little bit. All right, what about um? What about the funniest thing you've seen at Red Hill or as part of Red Hill? Oh. Funniest um, moment. Oh, I didn't really give this much thought, Andy. Um, well, just about everyone else's stories have involved you. Well, yeah, <laughs> I've, I've I've got one which involves myself to a degree, but more um, one of our overseas players, um, Neil. Who's now moved to Northern Ireland? I see. Yeah, I think he has. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, fallen in love, which is great to see. But after one of the uh, Christmas raffles, Andy, uh, there happened to be a um, in the wheelbarrow that night. There happened to be a um, size, a pack of size ten um, women's g-strings in there, and. It's a rather unusual thing had to a, find in the wheelbarrow. Yeah, it is, Andy. And, and, and a couple of... Um, you've had a couple of lemonades and maybe the occasional raspberry in it. And Quite late in the evening. There yeah. There wasn't, wasn't any kids around. Nah, and... I hope. Nah, well, if there were, they were asleep in the back seat of the car. 
but uh, I, th I thought it would be quite funny if you whack them on, so whacked them on and and uh, happened to find that one one of me one of me me mates and one of me favourites at the club, young Lincoln, who is AKA uh, Teeth. He's left his keys in the ute, so we thought it'd be quite funny, slowly and responsibly, Andy, as you can be, very, very with a couple of lemonades under your belt, to, uh, drive, to drive, private property. private property, drive his ute down to the very, very back corner of the, the facility of the complex, which I don't know if many people have been right, right down in the very, very back corner, but... There is a walking track there, which is, which a ute just fits with a few couple of scratches on the side. I would have thought, but um, tucked in so tightly, very yeah. tucked in, very tight, dark ute. You probably couldn't see it, which happened to be the case. Lincoln couldn't find his ute for a couple of days, but anyway, as we're as we're pottering along down there, um, Neil was in the back of the ute, and not sure for whatever reason. <laughs> He happened to fall out of it, Andy. Well, he had the tray. He had the uh, the tray cover, so we couldn't actually get in there. Oh, right. I can't remember if I was in the back of the ute or I, was, I might have been in the passenger seat. I think I was in the passenger seat. Yeah, but he had the tray cover on, so it was very it was um, very hard to keep your balance. That was yes, issue. yeah. I mean, it could have been actually quite serious, but we're lucky it wasn't because we were well and truly going only ten kilometres an hour, but. There were a couple of potholes along that track. You're right back there, Neil. And you'd hear, heard, yes. And then 0.3 of a second later, ah, and he was gone. And um, I think he was quite wounded after that too. I he think he's actually... A, he had quite a, a um, I think he's, gash on his... I think he's scarred as well. Blade. Yeah. It was quite serious. Yeah, it was. That was his that? little um, memento of his time in, time in Australia. He's got a it was, um, scar. <laughs> It was <laughs> it was quite a funny night that there night. Was a, there was a video of it for a while. There was circulating. Was that, that was quite enjoyable. Very humorous. Yeah. Neil, uh, Neil had a good time out here, I reckon. He, um, Neil did have a good time. Good and, days. And apparently, by all reports, he's become a, a better cricketer since oh, you know we we saw him yeah, as well. And he was a good play. cricketer while he was here. Like, yeah. And I was lucky enough. I was the captain of the twos that year, and he played the whole year with me. And we had a great old time. It was it was very enjoyable. It's, um, it's unfortunate we couldn't get him into the no, first. No, it, uh, it was it was wouldn't have been out of place. That's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. But um, yeah, that was that was that was a that was a. I've got many a story, Andy, but a couple of them stand out like that. And one of the other ones, which I don't know for whatever reason, it was just a. Uh, we went to a Chuka for a pre-season game. Three seasons ago, um, Tom Dyson arranged it, play against his old side up there. But just that whole weekend, there was something about that weekend. Yeah. There was um, there was probably twelve or thirteen of us up there, and it was a mix of the whole club um, who were going to partake in this game against this side. But it wasn't yeah, just. Was well, it was funny. It hadn't rained in a for six months, but it happened to have rained. It was three for half an half an hour out before the game, and um, it got called very quickly. Which the bloke had his hand on the esky. Which I'm I'm extremely happy for, to be honest. 
Um, but that whole weekend was, it was, um, it was a great team building exercise. It really was. And we had a couple of new blokes at the club who happened to have, um, my friend Teeth and I happened to have driven up on the Friday afternoon out of Melbourne into Echuca and, uh, young Jacko and Darves and, uh, Darves was never quite the same. I, yeah, I actually think this might be one of the reasons that he's left the club now is that the experience that he had on that weekend with Teeth and I, um, I might have might have actually scarred him for life with my um, my snorkel snorkel <laughs> setup that I have <laughs> that I have when I sleep and the sheer at amount night. of food that was well, yeah, it might have been that, but it, but I don't know. But that was a really good weekend. It that. was, wasn't it? it yeah, was just, it was uh, quality. I mean, you had there were all all sorts of different people on that trip, and and we had a really good time, and um, yeah, no, a bit of get that trip up again. Oh, for sure, for sure. The afternoon in the in the Caledonia and the cow there, punting and watching the prelim final with wheels, with with wheels, and and (laughs) got the best second house wheels. (laughs) Yeah, but um. Yeah, no, that was that was a good that, that was a good time. Yeah, yeah all the trips, we've had all the trips are good. They got, are, but we've got a really good cross section. Yeah, it doesn't particularly I, matter I, where you go as long as you've got you know. I do like take a new person to the beach road for the very first time if they've never been there to experience. You, know, you walk around with your eyes like experience um, <laughs> the the uh, the culture and the happenings, I guess of. Um, the, the back streets of Bondi and and that is a eye opener and different to uh it's a little Red Hill. It, it's very different. <laughs> but um but the actual facility, the pub that we stay in is is fantastic. It offers it's got something for everyone. And we're probably due for a trip there soon. It's, yeah, it's, it's in the lo- rotation. It's it is it is probably rotation. lost its polish a bit with what's been happening but once we clear this virus up and get back to normal a little bit, hopefully we can get back to the beach road because we've had some the good times in there. Was, uh, we've had some really good times in there. Oh, there's all the uh, Sydney Swans boys. And, oh, there's Buddy Franklin. And <laughs> we walk past <laughs> one day and then we're sitting there and we're talking to um, Fletch. Yeah, Brian <laughs> Fletcher, who's now become a superstar. <laughs> who's out of control. Oh, oh they're out, out of control. control. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking yeah. to him and he's telling us stories of Buddy... Yeah. God knows what. Yeah, all sorts <laughs> what of stuff. Rugby boys got up to in the nineties. Yeah. You know. Oh, <laughs> I remember waking up one morning. It might have been. It might have been the last one we went there. And it's a massive. It's a big venue in Sydney for the UFC. Yeah. And the UFC's often on the Sunday morning. I'm waking up, and we're staying on the third level, in the in the basic backpacker accommodation on top of the pub for the people who haven't been um and wandering down at about you know nine eight well you know whenever but the pub is chock-a-block chock-a-block with people in there watching this ufc watching the whole card and the main fights on about 12 31 and but but just like full of meatheads basically <laughs> meatheads. and and 
you wander out down the street, grab something to eat, you come back and, you know, we want to watch a bit of footy. You know, I've, I reckon one year was maybe Hawthorne Richmond on a Sunday at one o'clock start and the only telly we could get in the venue, which the venue had a hundred televisions, was the tiny one in the corner in the TAB that we had to beg to put on for us. And 12 of us are crammed in the tiniest TAB, watching the footy, <laughs> watching the footy, and then watching what's unfolding behind us with the UFC where they've all had a couple of lemonades and raspberries. And, and then once the, the main fight starts, they start fighting each other. I, I just, it was something about that. I don't know, Andy, how to describe it, but... Uh, I, I, yeah, I know the atmosphere. I've watched a few fights in Wellington oh. and it's, that's... Yeah, it was next this joint. next but, level. Like, oh, there would, you know, you know how big the joint is. Like, the joint's massive, so there were so many people in there. Um, and then they just pour out on the street afterwards, and, <laughs> and it was just on. And it's Clubs just off. like we just sat in our little corner, just giggling to ourselves, watching. And remember, I watched um, Barry Hall fight Paul Gallen. Yeah, at the um the Grand in Wellington, yeah. it was the same thing. It was just meatheads, just absolute it, meatheads. But everyone thinks they're an expert when the fights thinks, come on, and and you think, and then they, they think they can fight. Yeah, and and it was one of those. It was um, so there was just things happening. There was like there was coasters going across the pub, and then there was like then then you know then there was a pot glass went across the pub, and then there was one security guard. And then there was another one and then they were just sort of multiplying and then I thought, I think we should probably leave. Yeah. I think we'll leave. Yeah. The fight's yeah. over, we'll get out of here and sure enough, next morning you wake up and it was on the, there was some story. Oh. Big fight in mornings. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, I imagine it would have been the same thing. Yeah, yeah, it's very on similar. Level. <laughs> very similar. But yeah, the beach yeah, road is, um, it's it's one of my favourites to be honest. Why do you end up paying, remember? She's going, oh, we're because kind of you know, I was goes, oh. our big, our, um, oh, she goes, what was yeah, that? Was 500, 500, what was our, that connection I had there, Big Tommy? Tommy, Tommy he was yeah, Big head. Tommy had something to do with that because he knew how much we we're going to spend in the venue, so our accommodation just ended up being extremely cheap. But she goes, oh, but I remember one year, I we got out of there pretty quick. Well, yep. I remember one year Sounds that great. we were there. I I think I left once. I went down the. <laughs> I went down the front for maybe some breakfast one day and that was it. Like, that's the sort of venue we're talking about. You can you, you can stay there all day, all night. They've got a couple of nightclubs. Yeah, you can sort of have breakfast there when the pub opens at 10 o'clock. You get a mixed grill. Or... They brought the sniffer dogs in that night, remember? Yeah, they did. Sammy tried to pat the dog. And... <laughs> <laughs> I remember one trip that <laughs> we saw Sammy on the first... <laughs> I reckon it's the trip that we went um, on the Friday. We went down to um, Coogee Bay and we spent all like from the airport down to Coogee at about 10 o'clock in the morning. And we ended up at the at the beach road checking in at eight o'clock at night, scratching our heads a bit. And and I think I think (laughs) from that Friday night that we checked in, I don't think we saw Sammy until the Monday morning when we were leaving. Because he just feet hanging out of his bed. Well, no, I, he on. did a lot of he did a lot of um he did a lot of dating on Tinder. I think it was a, it was a fresh patch for him. So 
Sammy, luck. Sammy took full advantage <laughs> of of the new area. So yeah, uh, I think that was, was <laughs> that might have been the second one. I remember the first time he obviously learned his lesson because he, he slept the whole time and he slept with his shoes on. And you just, I think I, I think I might have been in the room with him, and you just saw these giant clown shoes hanging out of the yeah. bed for the next two days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and we know if a man sleeps with his shoes on, he's fair game. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Sammy learned his lesson. And but that—that's did the, it better the next time. That's the that's the thing with these trips is that you we know everything. We've and, just and, about had everything. Well, on the we've even had a well with these, a wedding come out of it. We've had a well marriage. that oh, we've had I a was marriage come out of it, and and that in itself was is extraordinary. <laughs> I've never been on a trip where him. Um, where someone has fallen in love, um, which is absolutely extraordinary. extraordinary. And and the way it unfolded at, down there at that little bar called the Bucket List down there at, on the Bondi foreshore. Um, what a location! Oh, and and being the and being the and being the last night, um, which even makes it more extraordinary because yeah. You usually can't talk about the last night, Often to be honest. Not in a great state. No, no. The lemonades are certainly caught up by then. And, 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 uh, yeah. And now, four or five years later, that he's, um, Ben Shorthouse, who we're talking about anyway, if you haven't got it. It's just bought a, just bought, they've just bought a, um, oh, bought an apartment bought up in, there a, in the last few months. Bought a, an apartment in, um, in Bondi, so they've actually married and and um, bought an apartment, which it, it's in itself is extraordinary. And when you think you've seen it all, you something yeah. else comes up. Yeah, and and that's uh, that was fantastic. That was as sort of unbelievable in a sense. I wasn't there that trip, but I remember the bucket list one of the previous trips, and they had um they had a special on buckets of Corona Coronas. It must mm. have been. Yeah. So we we're just drinking them up. We I think there. it was think four you coronas. Get, you might have had to get two or three to get your shout. But then, of, of course, you had to get your two or three buckets and your. It was four coronas in a bucket for $15 or something like that. Do you remember what the extra drink was? No. That we had to get for someone on top of the buckets. Oh, was it a Madurian lemonade, Andy? It was a Madurian lemonade. Yeah. So you yeah. had to go and ask for your two Corona buckets and a Maduri, and a Maduri lemonade. lemonade. And the Maduri probably cost more than the bucket. <laughs> probably did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we on from Bondi, there, Andy, I, I need to give a special mention to the um, to the chicken wings at the Beach Road. Um, yeah, to be honest, kilo, over I, I reckon two kilo or the two kilos or whatever it was. I reckon over the over the journey, each trip sort of it it got more involved in terms of how many plates were ordered and eaten but oh i reckon that last trip that seriously could have been 12 kilos of chicken wings eaten easy and that's probably per meal. day we've always got one more meal oh and uh they're they're absolutely fabulous to be honest um wasn't there a um wasn't there a jug of cheese and bacon balls oh yeah that's point? a that's <laughs> a that's a, that's a that's it. That was another challenge. trip. Yeah, that was a that was another another venture I've been take taken on. That was up in the Atherton Tablelands, Andy. Oh, that was yeah, right. Mm. That was another one. Yeah, that was another one. But there's many. But 
yeah, they're um, you know, not so much funny stories. There were a couple of a lot of funny moments involved in that, but I do enjoy. Yeah, you do, but they're more experiences, and I do enjoy sort of going away like that at Chuka. If you can get a if you can get a good trip like down in Hobart in March, the cross section of blokes we get, you get yeah. Oh, like he's, he's going to go and do that, and we're going to go and do this. Yeah, pretty much. I you mean, go, it's such a good um, it's team building. Yeah, exercise yeah. as well. I mean, the, the recent trip to Hobart. You go down on a Thursday night. Yeah, oh, extremely happen. lucky. Round one of the AFL footy That's Thursday night. Window. We go down there, and we fly out Sunday Arvo, but. You know, in that whole time you're down there, probably the 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 highlight of my trip was the two hours that we spent on Saturday morning between sort of two o'clock and four o'clock, um, discussing life and future plans with a couple of. I think we'd moved on from then to a couple of cokes, but out of the whole time you're down there hanging around with the blokes, that I, I that that two hours was my favourite. For whatever reason, right people, right environment. They were table servicing at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning, which was just extraordinary. <laughs> and and yeah, I just yeah, just memories like that and good experiences, Andy. There was one extremely funny Hobart story that we won't go into, but no, this individual it's, knows who they are. Yeah, yeah, we leave that alone. All right, we're getting on now. He might, he might be the one to, I know you've mentioned a few times here, Andy, that you want to be me, so you want to be interviewed, and that young fella might be the one to interview you. Yeah, well, it's um in his wheelhouse at the moment. Yeah, it is. With his Which, uh, studies. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a good shout. We'll, we'll get to that eventually. Yeah. Um, I want to... Uh, I want to do a couple up at the club, maybe go up on a Wednesday or something so we can, you know, be in the environment. And yeah, yeah, good. Look at the boards and the photos and yeah, bounce good. off a few things. That was a yep. suggestion from Dylan Milinkovic, whose uh, surfing podcast is going absolutely gangbusters. At the yeah, moment. that's great. He's just got himself a new microphone he was wrapped with. Yeah, good on him. Um, yeah, so listen to that if, you get, if you're a surfing head on the peninsula. It's bloody good. Um, all right, Tone, we've been getting on. We might wrap it up with my uh, warm and fuzzy one. What do you What do you think it is about Red Hill that that makes it such a good place and sets it apart from from the majority of other clubs? Um, the you know, it's for me a success of a of a club or a great makeup. It's not particularly. You can have, you could have, all the best cricketers going around, you know, playing in your in your first eleven. Um, that doesn't mean though that you're going to have a lot of success. It doesn't mean you're going to have a good club. Um, I'm a massive believer in having, having everything in order off the field in terms of a great junior program. Um, great help around the club, people in the right places, people who care. Um, you know, 
in, in your committee and not, not only just, you don't have to be on the committee, but people who actually, you know, are willing to help um, off the field more than on um, to have to have a, the foundations to build a good club, and and it's taken it <clears throat> took us when when I was at the club that sort of was missing a little bit, and I don't want to it's it's not bagging anyone out in particular because every you know it's a volunteer. Yeah, it just happens. It's a volunteer position, and and yeah, it does happen. But we have created at Red Hill at the moment, and and this to me is the biggest thing that you you've got to try and continue. Is um, having people who are willing to help, and we have got so many people who are willing to help and in the right right positions. Um, which is which is absolutely fantastic. Like our juniors are flourishing. Um, I'm not going to mention names because uh, you know you miss people and whatever else. But you know everyone knows sort of who they are. But you you know our junior program is fantastic. Like, but there's there's a lot of help in that that area. You know, just for example, that the girls' side, which is getting launched this season, and it's fantastic to see the people who are involved in doing that. Like, it's 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 brilliant. It's mm. absolutely brilliant. It, it's just it's just getting to a new level, taking it to a new level, and and it's awesome. And and the support around that's great. Um, yeah, and, so it doesn't happen overnight. Like it takes no, a while, it doesn't. But you, just, but you you identify your sort of your key. Pillars, I guess. Yep. And you get them right, and then you know the next layer, and then yeah, somebody else jumps on. And but I mean, layer. I mean, I'll I'll say this: we're not perfect, and no and no club no. or no one no one is perfect, and there is always room for improvement. But I will. One thing I will say though: if if you if you want to improve something, um, is you know one thing saying it and you know. We need to do this and we need to do that. Well, maybe get off your ass and uh, yep, that's right. help out, or or um, you don't have to do it all yourself. Or if you if you know you got an idea, sort of put it out there and you know, get get a method or a way to 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 do it, and we can all pitch in and and get it done. Um, yeah, I'm I'm. <clears throat> As you know, I'm I'm massive into like, is, is sort of what what you put in is what you get out. So, yeah, um, right. yeah, and and that to me is where we're at at the moment. And the the you know, and the makeup of our club is that there is a lot of support, a lot of people putting in, and a lot of people doing some great work on and off the field. And <laughs> there is there there's not a lot of people there's hardly anyone looking for the pat on the back which is which is great which is an ongoing joke amongst a fair few of us which is which is you know the banter of a cricket club but there's seriously no one in there for themselves it's all for the red hill cricket club which is which is yeah which is you know the fantastic for for our club and that's and that's where we're at enough people that jump on you know it 
it all becomes very manageable. So you don't sort of need the, you're not, you, know, you don't want the pat on the back because you're not really, you know, you got your little patch and you just look yeah. after it and, and, and that's, everyone does their thing. And, and that seems to be what's sort of happened without there being an actual, um, I don't know, a, a, a system or, or, or something in place saying, well, that's what you do and that's what you do and that's what you do. Yeah. Everyone knows their role. I think it just happens with the... It you know, does. The, the swelling of the, the people yeah. that are willing, you know. Yeah. Early on, there was probably... There was too few. There been too few. So yeah. sort of... Everyone had to sort of do as much as too they could. Few. But and when ne- you get everyone that's willing to jump on, then you, then it sort of just sorts itself out. Oh, well, you know, he's doing that. It sort of yeah. works. Everyone's got their little... Yeah. And that, and that's and that's the beauty of the place at the moment, and that's where we sit. And like I said, though, there's always room for improvement. But um, yeah, I mean, um, one of my little things that I'd I'd hope we could do during the year for this upcoming season, if we can get back to after COVID and can get back to some sort of normality, is that we're getting scoreboards. So. I've got this great idea. I don't know if it can happen. I'm not tech savvy, so but maybe um in the new year on the bottom ground, big scoreboard, have a movie night for the kids. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. They bring their own beanbag or bring their own chair, their own blanket, you know, we provide a bit of popcorn or whatever else and we put on a movie up there, which I I think would just be absolutely fabulous. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. I mean it gets the kids and the families and everyone up there, but it also releases the pressure for the for the for the bloke who wants to have a beer with his mates, and and you know I'm I'm in that I'm in you know, that's my wheelhouse at yeah, the moment. That's where I'm no, at. So oh, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, Christmas you know, party. Hopefully the weather's good. You, you put you, a bloody you Christmas put, movie put on. Whatever, or... yeah, whatever movie you know suitable. You know you. Yeah, you probably don't put Squid Game on or anything like that, but you know, you probably put whatever Free Willy or oh yeah, you probably don't have the banjo playing in the background, but but that oh, I don't know if that is possible to do, I but it, I think it sounded like it was, but yeah, I reckon after dinner, Christmas party. Yeah, kids I just think it would just be to, something that we need to look into. Start just to lie down. just you know, a lot of these kids, we've got a lot of kids in the sort of early to mid primary school age who can start up a little bit later now who can come up the last couple of Christmas you know, parties we've had has just been like kids, kids everywhere, everywhere which which is fantastic, fantastic yeah. yeah yeah so yeah that's that's sort of what I think Red Hill's all about in a sense yep. um, look after is, your people look yeah after your kids. it's massive you know um, it's a big it's a big community yeah, and like you say you just you know you just try to try to do it better year after year there's yeah no, pretty much there's no you know blueprint to follow you do this and then you do this you just yeah and like I said go, you have a crack and yeah. then you just try the next time you try and do it better yeah just you know, yeah it's no secret really no it's just, no didn't quite work oh well you either decide that's not something we're going to pursue or you go we, yeah that was worth it we'll do it better the, you probably you just want to, if you can, you just want to, you want to improve just slightly every year if you can yeah. on the field, uh, off the field. 
And and <clears throat> that gets to my point of being the success follows on the field after that. Yeah. If you have everything in order on it, uh, off it. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty big into that, and we've got it working fairly well at the moment. So, yeah. Yep. Long may it continue. Well, this is right, Andy. And yeah, I don't know if if that's we're basically at the end of it, but. Um, going on that, Andy, the, the, this, what you're doing here with your Tales of the Chip and your podcast and that, it's, that's an important thing, especially through these COVID times, what you're keeping us connected in some sense and, um, credit to you. It's, um, it's been really good, mate. So Thanks, tip nice the hat to, to you, Andy. Yeah. I well, was, um, sometimes, you know, you need to hear these things. So. I was, uh, You're doing I a good job. I don't know if I've said it on one of the previous ones, but I was, um, I've been absolutely blown away with the, the positive reactions. I guess um, I was pretty nervous to, to sort of put the first one out. I sort of sat on it for a couple of days, and then I, Sammy obviously knew about it, and then I, I sent it just to Sammy to listen to, and he goes, "Oh, that's awesome." Yeah. And then I put it out to sort of my little group, and they yeah. loved it. And then I went, All right, "Quite yeah, can have let's it. have a go." Yeah, I remember waking up that I sort of did it late at night to sort of so I could just sort of put it out and then go to sleep. <laughs> um, I remember waking up that morning and it was just message, 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 message. Bloody Dill was just about in tears, like he was so happy. And yeah, you know, that's... I've been wanting to do this. How did you do it? And then I spent the next couple of weeks trying to show him how to do it. So yeah, was, yeah, and was, um, and a credit to yeah, him too, awesome. like like to deal as well like what oh, he's Dill's, doing in his Dill's surfing his great. surfing community I, I i must admit i i haven't listened to one because surfing Dill doesn't Dill interest like me but I'm, I'm not a surfer i'm not interested in surfing but i've i've listened to nearly all of them and i love them They're yeah right fantastic yeah Especially well being a local as well you, yeah you probably won't recognize a lot of the names and that but a lot of the names you know are blokes that dad played footy with and there's all these names coming up yeah and, yeah, so yeah that's great I've absolutely loved deals as well so. that's great yeah it's a good little uh, good little thing I'm looking forward to doing more face to face I guess yeah it's a lot less time consuming yeah Online, sure you've got to go through it pretty carefully but yeah well it's been awesome keep up the good work we'll do Tone we'll um, leave it there yeah one Unless, one, one last more. thing yeah one more. I'm always one for one more last thing Andy Any more? yeah it's um probably the people who hang out on a Thursday night at the Cricket Club probably know this the most, but I've got a lot of hatred for the Melbourne Football Club, but I'd just like to say congratulations to Melbourne Footy Club and especially to to the long-time suffering supporters and a couple of our members. So, um, wishing for the first fine session for my behaviour over the years and my <laughs> hatred towards the Melbourne Football Club to the, um, the fines tin, so... Yeah, look out for that. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thanks for coming, Tony. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, right. Andy. See you next time, everyone.